As we um, hear the scripture this morning, um, it, this really is the foundation for all that we do as, as followers of Jesus, as Christians. This explains it maybe better than anywhere in scripture, the foundation upon which we build. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and all and in all. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. So it was probably, I'm thinking, about five years ago, about that time that David walked into my office and says, you don't have a choice, we're doing this Habitat project, which was all good, by the way. It was great, and he wasn't quite that emphatic, but... Um, as he told me the history of it and the impact it's had on our communities, there's no question, but we would continue to do that. I introduced a book to you called Profiles in Audacity. Profiles in Audacity tells the story of any number of folks throughout history who, through just audacious optimism, believed that they could create a transformational situation in the world. And it profiles each one of those stories. And it's an incredible book. About three years ago, um, I introduced the book to you, many of you, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. And we talked about what that meant. For Profiles in Audacity, it was really global. What creates, what were those opportunities that people responded to? For Daring Greatly, it became personal. Or what are those things that we need to be doing within ourselves to give us the confidence to go and make change? Or the courage to go and make change in the world? Well, it's amazing that right here in this area and even right here in this church are those who made those kinds of choices, who were audacious in their approach, believing that somehow even those singular folks could make a difference. And I want to start back up where Dave and, and Beth live, up in Sammamish. I just watched the, the video again between services just to remind myself about this, this program. And what began with a, a 16-year-old youth in Sammamish, 16 years old, had just taken a trip and saw the need for clean water across the globe and decided that he wanted to do something about that. And so what he did was he went to his youth group and said, you know what, we can do some things. And so they provided, you know, water bottles and some of those kinds of things. But then he said, you know what, that's not enough. So he went to his church. And the church decided that they would respond to this. And so they began to, to respond to and do the study around the world of those areas most in need of clean water. But that wasn't enough for him. He decided to do a GoFundMe campaign. And that raised tens of thousands of dollars, which allowed him to then create an organization. Um, and that 
organization, once it got its 501c3, was able to procure grants and funding, and even corporate funding. Ten years later, this organization has been in 20,067 communities across the globe and is one of the largest organizations in history trying to make sure that every person everywhere has the opportunity for clean water. And their goal? That every person in the world has absolute access to clean water. What makes a 16-year-old have that kind of audacious vision? Well, he will say, and he does in this video that talks about it, growing up with privilege and growing up in a suburb and growing up in a church in the midst of all that felt a call to make this shift and change. Did, did I mention 20,067 communities across the globe because of a 16-year-old who hears a call, answers that call, and believes that anything is possible. Anything. Ten years. That's no time at all. Talk about audaciousness. Talk about courage and confidence. And by the way, he, if, you can see, if you see him now at 26, he just looks like the most confident, most gentle, most beautiful human being you may ever see. And he understands where this came from. And he would be the first to say, it's not me. Audaciousness, courage, and the willingness to do whatever it takes to change the world. Now let's move a little closer to home. Christy is sitting right over here. Christy, this beautiful photojournalist who has incredible opportunities to go and see the world. But what I do know about you is your heart. And when you see a need, there is nothing that will prevent you from responding to that need. Nothing. Whether it's prisoners now or whether it's women across the globe who have needs and particularly this population in Ethiopia. I'm not going to preach this to you, because I'll cry if I do. Saw a need of these women who had given birth to children and whose, whose body had torn and no longer had control of some of the bodily functions. These women who were shunned by their, the males in that tribe and even many of the women in those tribes, shunned because they smelled awful, shunned because they didn't have access to the medical kinds of communities that could help them overcome that kind of thing, shunned in those communities. And by shunned, you know what I mean. They no longer had access to their children, no longer had access to their husbands, were not welcome in the community where they grew up and lived where they developed those relationships, no longer had access to any of that. And can you imagine, just for a minute, what that does to self-esteem? Any that you had is gone. And then in walks this tall white woman and says, you know what, I think I can make a difference here. And in some very creative ways, and I'm just I'm butchering this story because I need to make it shorter, 
is, is sees the need, responds to the need, but doesn't respond just by going outside, but responds by developing relationships with these women. And you can see it in the pictures that she has taken. We don't necessarily do video in second service, but you, we'll make sure you have access to those pictures. Um, there were some gasps in first service around those. But then, you know, how do you fund something like this? Um, Ethiopia, by the way, does not have GoFundMe. It doesn't. And there are political ramifications of much of this that have to be kind of dealt with over time. But then came this idea, another need that was recognized about water mills that would create the flour much needed in all these villages. And when you grind flour, you charge a fee. And that fee and that flour and that need was able to help fund some of this need. And if you sit with Christy and you hear the stories of these women and the way the transformation has taken place in their lives, because this young woman decided audaciously that she needed to make a difference in the world. And guess what? She did. And here we are, however many years later, and that is kind of being dealt with in a different way, saw another need, and is now helping train prisoners. Men, mostly, right? And in how to view your own life and change some of the perspectives and grow in leadership. Again, audacious optimism and courage to hear those doors clanging behind you knowing that you're now surrounded by those in prison. Audacious optimism, audacious confidence, transformation to hundreds. Then I I have to turn my attention to this tall Stanford track star who ran with Richard Sherman, given that the Seahawks game is on right now. Kara Bennett. Kara, who had enough education in a number of different things, but had this vision and this call of going to Thailand and offering lessons in sustainable farming in this little tiny village up in the northwest corner of Thailand. And if that wasn't enough, um, my understanding is, is she decided to one time take her little, what was it, a 150cc scooter not quite, 100cc, 70cc, okay, small scooter, and maneuver down these, what starts out as a rain gutter path, and then widens out just a little bit, and then winds out more, and then finally you hit some semblance of asphalt, but rides down from this village and goes and turns north to a little village called Mesali. And in Mesali is this tiny little church. And Maisalee sits right on the river, as does the village that she's working in. Maisalee sits right on the village, but she begins to develop relationships with this little tiny church, and she meets this amazing guy, and his name is Ponchai. And one of my favorite things about this relationship is that Kara is here, and Ponchai is about here. And Ponchai works his tail off 
And yet, in the midst of that, is constantly in pain because of shrapnel in his back and has been dealing with malaria for years. And yet, there is no keeping him down. And I'll tell you what, the combination of these two, unbelievable. And the way they played off each other and the way they communicated with each other. Um, this, This man from Thailand and this woman from the United States. And the differences were overwhelming. And yet, both felt this incredible call to help children of this small village. And I will never forget the call that I got from Kara. It began with an email and then to a phone call of saying, here's what's going on. These children are fleeing from Myanmar just across the river from both of these communities, from the wars in Myanmar. And then hearing Panchai's story of building a boarding house on the Myanmar side of the river only to have the children, the families, and the staff of that either shot and killed or having to escape across the river and that boarding house burned to the ground. And he had this dream and said, if I answer the call once, maybe I could answer the call again to build a boarding house for these children and these families who may be fleeing, but particularly for the children. So... She calls and she says, would Aldersgate be willing to help fund some of this? She calls upon her mom and her dad, and her dad, being the engineer, goes over and helps begin to design that and build the foundation for it. Then came the call of this, well, back then it was probably 33-year-old ship's captain who was off-season. His name was Adam Beeman who goes and spends four or five months there working along three others, including Ponchai, to build the boarding house, learning a whole different understanding of building, but understanding what the goals were for this, to save the lives of children, to save the lives of children. And thanks to the generosity of a couple here, I was able to fly over and spend two weeks in Thailand, and one of those weeks was in Maysalit, sitting with the children of that church, taking gifts from the preschool and from the Sunday school here, offering them to the children there, but overwhelmed with what I saw. One little girl just sticks out to me, and I I will never forget her. I I just want to know how she's doing. She was sitting there in that little church as I was giving the children's moments being translated uh, by Ponchai, And what I noticed is she couldn't put her heels down. She walked on her tiptoes, and there was no physical way for her to put her heels down. Uh, It was not genetic. My understanding now is it was malnutrition and some of the injuries that were suffered from trying to flee across the river. But here's the deal. Kara had a dream. With this audacious enthusiasm... And the partnership of this Thailand individual whose citizenship was in Norway decided that maybe a church would help fund this. And so created opportunities for you to respond. 
Well, you have. And what began with potentially 10 to 12 children in a small boarding house has turned into a three-story boarding house that will house 40 to 50. And now we have the pictures of those children who are now a part of that boarding house and whose lives, I think, have literally been saved, a staff who is dedicated to them, a church that has now did not have a partnership with them before, it's 100 feet away from this boarding house, now has a partnership. And, and by the way, you know what the name of the boarding house is? Grace. Grace. Named certainly after God's grace, but also after a statement that came out of this church where grace does certainly happen. And a sign that was created by some of those folks now saying Grace Boarding House, and you have given somewhere between twelve, fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars to make sure that that boarding house continues. But I can't help but now say what's the next step? They need beds. They still sleep on mats on the floor. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could keep this going and continue to transform the lives of those children by offering them beds to get them up off the ground? And I will tell you, having been on the ground there in Thailand, there are challenges, some of them poisonous spiders and snakes, where lifting them up off the ground will help protect them even further. So let's take that on, shall we? Tara Bennett, audacious commitment with courage has changed the lives of not just one community, but at least two, if not more. We're not even done there. I look at what some of you have been participating in across the world. I think of the dignity that, that so many of you have sown those sanitary products for young women in Africa. And, and some of you, Linda and Jean and, and others, Jennifer Ting and, and others, went to Malawi to take those things, those beautiful, beautiful gifts to these girls to give them dignity. And by the way, thousands of lives, thousands of lives have been changed and dignity provided out of your generosity. I think of organizations like Habitat here and Build On there and Jean and Steve Rummel and others from this church went to Nepal, where we have a missionary. But to Nepal to help build a school that have now transformed not just that community, but Build On has done that throughout the globe. Why am I talking about this? Because, friends, it is that kind of action beyond putting something in the offering plate. Those kinds of actions where we are face-to-face with those who are in need, fulfills the call of God to love neighbor as self. It fulfills us. It completes us as Christians. And there's not a person in this sanctuary, not a person that was here first service, not a person that is related to this church who doesn't have the ability to offer themselves to someone else. There is something deeply mystical that happens when we are able to shake that hand and feel that physical connection. There is something that occurs that is overwhelming in its reciprocation of when we give ourselves to those relationships. 
when we give ourselves to those relationships and are able to meet them face to face, that somehow fills our souls. Look at Linda in Ethiopia and Audra in Ethiopia and others of you who have been around the world to do these kinds of things. And here on this World Communion Sunday, we celebrate those kinds of relationships. And oh, by the way, the world is moving here. The world is becoming our neighbors. And might we, as I said last week, have a role there as well. You see, sitting around that table that night were at least 11 men who were being asked by one to look at the world through different eyes and through an audacious attitude that they could transform, shared in supper together. One betrayed him. Another denied him but came around. But friends, those folks were no different than us. Those folks didn't have any more skill than we do. They were, they, they were fishermen. There was a soldier there. They were old and they were young. But something happened to transform them in a way that helped them understand that with God, anything is possible. And we have that same call. Audacious life. Audacious optimism, courage, focus, all of that. And we have a mandate to change the world, transform it with God's help. I want to take just a moment as I prepare here for communion to just have us stop in some quietness and think about places, people, needs around us, across the globe where we need to step in with that kind of optimism, that kind of courage. Let's take a moment of quiet reflection.